All right, so we are going to begin with our testimonies. And just to follow up on what Chad said earlier, tonight is one of a couple of nights during the year in which the church preaches. It's not Chad preaching, it's not me preaching, but the church preaches. The church testifies to the goodness of God at work in our lives, individually and as a church. And I was thinking that, you know, it's, it's kind of like... You know, we, we said that people can talk about things from the sermons if, they, if we want to talk about from Exodus or from James. Um, and, and that's good if you have something to share from that. But you could also share just something that you have seen God doing at work in your home group or in your life or in your friendships. And so in a sense, Chad, myself, all the home group leaders, everybody who walks with other people, we're all kind of like midwives who God uses to help bring people into maturity. And so um, it's something we all take delight in when people share, because when somebody shares to the goodness of God in testifying to what's been going on in their life, many people take part in that, not just one, but many people play a role in that. So like Chad said, you know, sometimes you get a couple of people and it's like popping the cork off the bottle. And then, and then we get a lot. So I encourage you to be bold, uh, be courageous, be willing to share. All right? So we're just we're going to open it up. And like Chad said, if nobody comes up, we'll go into communion. <laughs> Are we on? Enough? I like to get it out of the way. <clears throat> um, this is from our time in the fast, and I had, that's okay, I had the love of God on my heart during the three days of the fast, and I was thinking about it in three aspects, and uh, the first one is receiving the love of God for myself, and then secondly is the love of God that we show to one another, and then um, our witness to the nations um, and our love. And, and the scripture I had for that first aspect for me is 1 John 3, 1, which has always been a scripture I've really appreciated. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. And I have, in moments in my time with the Lord, been practicing stopping for a minute and receiving the love of God for myself, um, which is not something that I've done all my life, uh, but to take a moment and just receive that. And then also thinking about maybe things in the past, um, you know, a bad moment or if there was some hurt or something, and to think back in that moment and receive the love of God for myself, for that person in that moment. And it's been really good, a really good, healthy thing to stop and just kind of do and practice. The, um, <clears throat> the second scripture is out of John 13. And in regard to loving one another, there's two scriptures. So John 13 is the last part of the Last Supper, the dialogue around the Last Supper. So Jesus is getting ready to leave his disciples, and this is where he washes their feet. And before he washes their feet, 
it says in the first verse, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So then he washes their feet. So he shows them how to love one another. And then he gives us this new commandment in verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I've loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And I have just been appreciating the fact that he gave us that as a commandment. And I can imagine him sitting there with his 12 friends and he's getting ready to leave and he's looking at them and almost humorously maybe like, when I'm gone, they're going to need to know that they need to love each other. And it needs to be a commandment because they're going to, you know, who knows what, fight or whatever. But So just realizing that that's a commandment that he has given us to walk in. And then that third aspect, our witness to the nations. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And I was thinking about how the nation of Israel was very unique and they had their identity in God through many things. They had the land, they had uh, being descendants of Abraham, they had the law, they had circumcision, all these things that made them really different. And now we have this commandment that we love one another, and that's like our banner, you know, that makes us unique as a Christian nation all around the world. And just to kind of absorb that identity that um, we are the people, we are the nation in the world that loves one another. And that's what sets us apart and makes us different. What I have to share came, also came from the past. Um, I think, I mean, I'm up here because I think God put it on my heart. Um, and it's for the leaders and men of the church. And I just want to preface this with, um, I really wrestled with it and questioned who am I to share this? Because I'm not a leader and I'm not a man. But um, <laughs> I still feel like God was like, no, I want you to share this. So um, I humbly offer this for your encouragement and consideration. Um, so Thursday night of the fast, as I lay in bed, I was really pondering the leadership of our church. And... Um, and I was thinking about the pattern that I'd sort of been noticing over the years um, of different leaders becoming like overtaxed or burnt out and having to kind of pull back from their leadership responsibilities and devote significant time to rest. And as I was considering that, um, I remembered the account in Exodus 17, 10 through 13, and I like, had this mental vision of Moses holding up the staff of God, and while he held it up, the Israelites would prevail in battle, and when his, he like, dropped his arms, um, Israel would become like, overwhelmed. Um, and of course, Moses, being a man, couldn't continually hold up his arms, for they grew weary. So then Aaron and Hur came at his sides and supported his arms so that Israel prevailed in the battle all the way to the end. Um, and then at that point, um, this like cry in my heart came up, welled up, and, I was, and it was like, where are the young men in our church to support and bear the burden of these leaders who are getting burned out? Um, and immediately following that thought, um, another Bible account popped in my head and also played out kind of in a vision 
Um, that's what I later went back. It was 18, Exodus 18, 13 through 26. I saw Moses judging all the people of Israel. And when Moses' father-in-law saw this, he said it was not good, for he would wear out, or he would uh, wear away both him and the people, for it was too heavy for him, and he could not do it alone. He advised Moses to delegate the work and the responsibility to able men that they should bear the burden with them. So as I prayed over this and really considered what God wanted me to share, um, I felt like there were two challenges. First, for the leaders, are you delegating work and responsibility as you should? Are there things, maybe even easy ones or um, ones you don't find particularly hard or taxing that you could delegate to able men of the church? giving them opportunity to grow in their service to the church and freeing yourself up so that you are enabled to rest and better serve the church. And then the second challenge was for men, um, specifically not the leaders, and especially the young men of the church. Are you attentively watching your leaders and seeking how you might bear their burdens with them? Moses didn't ask for help to hold up his staff. Aaron and her saw that he was growing weary and that Israel suffered and could not prevail because of it. So they stepped up to bear the burden with Moses. How might you step up and support our leaders? Hi. Um, you know that moment when you're, you're listening to something and God just hits you right there. It's like, oh, that was for me. Um, but going back through James... Um, the word picture that Kelly gave on James 1, 2 through 4, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. And those trials are the process of testing. He gave the word picture of meeting someone named testing on the road. And they have a gift for you that you don't want. <laughs> but you, you have to take it. It's like that just kind of hit. And it's like, I don't want to hear this, but I know this was for me. And it's good. Um, I was raised like you put a buffer around you and the world so that the world can't hurt you. That was kind of the mentality I grew up with. So that entails planning ahead, you know, trying to save up financially. And the goal sort of was to make life easy and manageable. And that was just kind of how I was raised. And so in my mind, God wants to make my life easy and manageable. You know, that's just, but, um, then I run across that verse in Job, shall I accept good from the Lord and not trouble also? And that really puzzled me. You know, it's like, well, hmm. Um, and then Kelly read about um, James 1.17, um, the perfecting gifts, every good gift and every perfect gift, meaning the gifts meant to perfect us, is from above. And I start looking at, you know, life, and it's like there, there's never been an easy part in life. There's always been something going on. Sicknesses, like long-term sicknesses you have to deal with, unexpected events, things breaking, financial struggles. I mean, all of this is just part of life. And um, I never would have called those perfect gifts, but this is making a lot of sense. I feel like God's bringing a lot of these things together. And um, then Kelly talked about the difference between testing, which is moving us toward maturity, 
and temptation, which is the work of demons to make us weaker. And I think I didn't understand that. I just knew this is stuff is trouble and it hurts and I want to avoid it. I want to move away from it in my own flesh. But um, really embracing, trying, just changing my attitude, that we need to embrace these perfecting gifts even though they hurt. Um, because God is moving us toward maturity, and that's the goal. That's, I think, the missing piece I hadn't connected. God's wanting to move us, use these things that are hurtful, um, not because they're hurtful, but to do something in us. And um, part of you know, how I was raised with you're going to plan to make a buffer between you and the world, um, that part of that's being self-reliant. I want to provide for myself so that... Um, you know, the world can't hurt me. But God's showing us um, part of, you know, overdoing it, self-reliance, is really another part of worldly thinking. I mean, not that it's wrong to be, try to, you know, take care of your own needs, but overdoing it, trusting more in yourself than in God is overdoing it. And um, I've learned God knows how to bring us to the end of ourselves. He knows how to break us down and bring us to the end of ourselves so that we can see, that we can say, I can't do it. I need you. And uh, that's a precious place to be when we realize how much we need him. And I think that, you know, knowing that I'm going to see God in those hurtful times, knowing I can kind of stand back and say, okay, God, how are you going to fix this? How are you going to handle this? I've done all I can do, but I'm trusting you to do the rest. And I have seen God do some miracles in um, several people. And it's, it's been amazing. And that has increased my faith. I hope it's matured me and increased my faith so that next time something comes and I'm knocked down, like, Lord, I can't handle this, you know, that I can be quicker to pray, quicker to trust that he's going to fix it. I don't really want to talk about this, but I'm going to. Um, so most of you all know this summer that I had a cancer diagnosis, and that's not really what I want to talk about. Um, but it was a weird time because Chad and Shannon were in England. Shannon's still irritated. I'm not looking at Shannon because she's still irritated with me. Because when we found out what I asked the people that we shared with, first of all, was that you not tell anybody. It was really hard on our kids because they basically couldn't tell their friends because there was no way that wouldn't get back to the Grissoms across the pond. So my point in all of it is, um, I really appreciate you all because I felt very cared for during that time. I felt like my family was very cared for. Um, I'm not good at asking for stuff. I doubt that that's a big surprise to anybody. I, it may be my own pride. It may just be that I don't want to bother people. I don't know, but I'm not good at asking for stuff. And so it was, there was a challenge the first night we sat down with a few people and I said, and I said the words, I don't ask for much, but I need you to take care of my kids for the next two weeks. Because I knew there were things that they wouldn't come to us and share because we were trying to figure it out. And I knew my kids well enough that they're, I think I know them well enough that they wouldn't come to us if they were upset about anything. And Morgan and Audrey would go for walks with them. I'd see them head down the driveway. Um, I know Peter would talk to Elliot, and those are the people I was like, I need you to look out for my kids. Um, there were a lot more. Those were those the ones that were closest to us, mainly because the girls live in our backyard. Um, 
But one of the things I want to encourage people in in the story is we have a very special thing here. This is a special group of people. Uh, the church that God, the church of God is a very special thing, and we, we have a very special part of it. And so I don't, I know sometimes church is hard. I know sometimes family's hard, relationships are hard. But there is a very good thing on the other side of that. And I experienced it this summer, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that God put me in that place and put our family in that place and put you all in that place to a degree. Um, but I also just want to say thank you. Um, it was really powerful. There was some stuff that happened in treatment, nothing, nothing wrong. There were some side effects from treatment that they were like, yeah, this is kind of part of it. It's not going to go away. And then people would find out about it, and they were like, we're going to pray that out of existence. And literally... And I'm not the most spiritual guy, and I don't say that proud. I'm just, I'm just not. And so people would tell me that, and then three days later, I, Erica's like, are your ears still ringing? And I was like, no, they haven't. You know, is, do you still, are your feet numb? And I'm like, no, they're not. So I think there were a lot of people who prayed a lot of things, and God was like, I got you. And so I felt very covered by you. I certainly felt covered by God the whole time. Like there was never a time where I was like, God's abandoned me. But there were a lot of times where I knew people were praying that I hadn't even asked to pray that were. And I know there's most of you all in this room probably fit into that to some degree. So I just want to say thanks. I mean, I'm good as physically as far as we know. Everything's taken care of. But um, it's not lost on me when I see your all's faces, what you all how you all have covered us this summer, not just me, but my family. Um, so thank you. I know that it's easy to just say, but I really, I mean, I really, really mean thank you. Uh, and I love getting to live life with you guys. So that's all. It was Morgan and Isabel, I think. I was in England. Just <laughs> recognition to Isabel. <laughs> I wish it was me. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that was American. Yeah. <laughs> I just had a little thing. I wasn't going to share it, but um, I decided to. I, there was a sermon a couple weeks ago from Exodus, I think, that um, I think it was Dad just made a comment that we should allow the scripture to speak authoritatively to our unbelieving or untrusting hearts and I was I have been so comforted by that this winter um, I think I tend to overthink things or uh, become anxious and think that I'm thinking through problems and solving them and that has been comforting to me I can just believe and tell my heart that I believe the promises of scripture I don't have to figure things out, I can let scripture be in charge of me. This is really simple. During the fast, when I was praying, what kept getting put on my heart was our kids, not just my kids, I mean our kids, all the kids in this room, all the kids downstairs. And the thing that kept coming to my heart was that the scripture would be alive in their hearts, that it wouldn't just be words on a page, but it'd be real, that you would understand that the things in the Bible really happened, that they're real and they're for you, 
and that it wouldn't just be about your parents and about a meeting and things we do, but that you'd really know that those stories are true and real and powerful. And Audrey sharing just made me want to share that because, you know, it's a, a similar thing, but for the kids. So make the Bible real, kids. Amen. Okay, this is pretty spontaneous. Um, I wasn't planning to share anything, but I think God put in my heart. Not long ago, I was reading Philippians 4, and in Philippians 4, talk, Paul talks about being content. And I realized that nothing amazing in, um, has been happening in my life spiritually, or like any, all my friends are going like on these trips or mission trips and that kind of thing. And I want to do that in my life, but I think God is currently teaching me to be content with where I am in my life and that I don't need to have these great things happening all the time, but be content where God has placed me because I know he has put me here for a specific reason. So I just thought I would share that. Be content where God has placed you because you're here for a specific reason. Man, y'all a good looking church. <laughs> so on the way here, just worshiping and praying. And uh, man, you guys are awesome. I get excited. Um, so when I say, you know, look around and, and see what God's doing, um, we have to keep that before us. We have to keep the face of God before us. If you want to see the face of Christ, just look at the guy next to you. Look at the person around you. But I also want to encourage us um, to remind ourselves, you know, we are the fulfillment of Scripture. Jesus came to fulfill everything, right? But from that point on, you know, the church, everything he spoke about the church, everything the church is, we are. The power of God, we have it. Whatever the enemy has taken, we can get back. Whatever we're fighting for, we can have victory, victory in it. So my hope is that, Joe Church, be reminded of who you are in Christ. Don't forget who we are, who you know, the Holy Spirit is, the, the power and uh, the stamina that we have. Because honestly, the daily grind gets, gets on us. It just does. It gets on me. But when I go to pray or when I go to worship and I think about the body of Christ, when I think about the prophets and the preachers and teachers and the giftings that are here, but also in the quiet ones, in the ones who don't say anything, what power there is before God, what power there is when you're sitting next to somebody or just walking with somebody or just sitting. Um, so it's just a reminder, don't forget who we are in Christ. We are the fulfillment. We are fulfilling scripture right now. And we will continue to do so because we're the church. We're the, the church of Christ. We are the answer to prayer for somebody somewhere at a certain time. You know, we are, you know, the light, we're the gospel, we're the hope for somebody. So if anything, just remind yourselves of that. When the enemy or when you start to get down, remind yourself of who you are and what Christ has done. Not just the cross, but the, the power and the strength that we have with each other as a body. So I hope God just stirs everything up in this. Worship, prayer, and be encouraged. Fight for what you're fighting for. And have victory.
I'm probably mostly talking to myself here, to be honest. Um, I read a book uh, that in itself is an achievement for me, but uh, this quote, um, I have it saved in my screenshots and I come back to it all the time. It says, uh, being a father is not about efficiency. It's about discipleship. Being a father is not about time management. It is about heart development. Um, And that is a challenge for me. Um, If you know me, I like efficiency. Um, And uh, something that's terribly inefficient is why eating vegetables and (laughs) Franny putting on socks. Um, And um, just... As, as a parent, um, I need to realize how um, the fathership of God was not about efficiency either. It was about effectiveness, which is like such a management 101 term, efficiency and effectiveness. Um, but when I, when I look, at, look back at the Bible and the fatherhood of God, um, things like sending our Savior in the form of a baby and waiting 30 years, not the most efficient way to do things. Um, the exile was not the most efficient way to do things, uh, but they're effective. Um, they, they got um, the result that God intended. And so thinking about how to parent my children towards um, uh, developing a heart in them that follows God, um, and how can I teach them to eat their vegetables faster in a way that honors God. <laughs> not a way to, um, not a way to, to get to church five minutes early because I like to be five minutes early, um, things like that. Um, and, and thinking through things like that, um, I think one passage of scripture that comes to my mind often is 2 Timothy 2, um, where it says, well, you've heard in the presence of many witnesses and trust of faith one men that they may teach others also. And then it goes on um, in that passage and gives three examples of, um, I guess, teaching. And one of them is soldiers, athletes, and farmers. Um, and just thinking about those three occupations, how hands-on those occupations are. Those aren't things or skills you can learn by reading. Those are things you learn by learning from a better athlete, learning from an experienced soldier, learning from a farmer who knows the land. Um, and how I can get my kids around you all that are the body of Christ um, to point them um, towards effective love and honor of God as children. Um, And so this is Emily and my invitation that, um, you know, we we want um, to parent together. We want to be on that path together with the church. Um, And, you know, we need you all to do that. Yeah. This is where I want to make a joke about rising to nominate somebody to be the Speaker of the House, but I'm not going to refer it. So it was just over, maybe, I don't know, a year and a couple months ago, we came through that door back there, this building, and very quickly I realized that I, I think we had accidentally walked into a supper club, not a church, because we got so many invitations from people. Um, but as I've just gotten to know so many of you over the last year, um, I've just been blown away by the blessing you guys have been to, to me and my family. And, and as I sit here listening to people speak, you know, the thing that comes to my mind is just, you guys are a lot of spiritual race runners, right? And what I mean by that is like, 
it's, it's pretty cool to be in a place where you, you see people and everybody's running the race and you, it, you, you want to keep up, right? Like in a good way. That, that's iron sharpening iron. And that's what sort of the last year and a few months have been uh, for me and for my family and just whether it's parenting, whether it's digging into scripture, whether it's actually looking forward to the podcast being posted so that I can go listen to a sermon again because the wisdom and the preparation that's gone into it is so good and I get changed by what I encounter here and, and the wisdom that's shared. And, and as I just I look back and I, I, my daughter got baptized this year. That's a, that's a big deal. My kids are loved by many of you. We're in a home group where I'm just, I look out here and people that I didn't know, many of you, 14 months ago. And now I'd say you guys are our, our community in Lexington. And, uh, you know, there's, I think the Lord is so gracious to give us little opportunities to realize the change that he's made in our life through the ordinary time. I think it's really easy to live for the, let's just say the high holy days, right? The, the big events. And um, I had the chance to go back, I share this with Chad, to Maryland, where we moved to Lexington from. And I got offered a, a job back with a a guy I used to work for, he's going to match everything and move us back to this community that I thought was like, you know, awesome. And so I said, hey, let's get dinner. And I got to drive the hour and a half drive from the airport that I used to drive every day uh, with the community and just hear from the Lord to be like, do you see what I've done and how I've blessed you guys in this move? And it was amazing. I'm like, you'd have to pay me a lot more than to match it to get me to come back here. And three years ago, I, I was crying as I drove off the eastern shore, not really fully knowing, like, why am I Lexington, Kentucky? People literally, you're moving from eastern Maryland to Lexington, Kentucky. I'm like, yeah, you don't get it. I don't actually get it, but I know that's what we're supposed to do. And so as I look out on you guys, um, it's not about the high holy days. This church and this group makes living for the ordinary time special. And that's not common. And so I, uh, like Patrick, just thank you guys for blessing me, blessing my family, and really running the race with, with gusto. One of the songs, wow. <laughs> Didn't expect that. One of the songs we sung earlier tonight, Ask the Lord to Send His Majesty Down. I've only been here four times. This is my fourth night. The first time I came in, I felt the love that this place has. We know that Christ commanded us to love your neighbor as yourself. And I believe that this congregation, or this fellowship, is really living that out. Uh, back in 1945, I was 10 years old and I accepted Christ. And I've been in a lot of churches over the years. And believe me, this is the most loving fellowship that I have ever been in. I don't know people. It doesn't make any difference. They come up, they hug me, they love me. It's absolutely amazing. I don't know how it took me so long to find this group. Thank you so very much. Uh, my, plan, my plan was to outweigh the feeling that I should share something because I don't it terrifies me being up here so here it goes um, I was born into this church and I have the privilege of being around a lot of people that 
really, really desire to be around God and really desire to love others and help everyone with everything they have. So being around that, all I have to do to be a a Christian is just go along with what everyone does. It's very easy. It's just the expectation. If I meet the expectation, I'm a Christian. Um, It hit me recently that to be an actual Christian, um, as I grow up, the expectation is completely different in the world. There is a lot of perversion of the law of the Lord, and uh, that really hit me recently. That when I move out and I get an actual job, there are going to be a lot of people that are out of church, uh, that don't believe in God, that live a very different way than I want to and I'm expected to in this church. Uh, so it just really hit me to that to be a Christian, I really have to, I'm going to have to start going against the flow of where I am in my life. And I really have to choose right now that God is the person I want to follow because that's going to be very hard in my life. So that's something that hit me recently. Well, true confessions, not much makes me nervous. Uh, Weddings, believe it or not, make me nervous. I don't know why. When I do a wedding, I get nervous every time. And these nights beforehand, I'm always nervous. I literally have butterflies in my stomach. I don't know what to expect. Um, I am so, I'm always so greatly encouraged. And I'm not asking you to raise your hand if it's just, oh yeah, whatever. I'm saying if you're really encouraged by something somebody shared, raise your hand. I mean, I super was. So I would also encourage you, if you were, tell that person. Um, Just, you know, make sure you let them know because I think it... It helps people the next time maybe there's something on their mind realize, you know what, this may be really helpful to somebody else. So uh, humble, uh, super blessed. Uh, thanks, thanks to everybody who shared. We're going we're gonna to come to the Lord's table now. So uh, why don't we stand up?